0: Now Most of us are familiar with the story of Joseph in the Bible, and yet I find for myself it is important for me to go beyond just reading it because I can read through it and feel bad and see some horrible things. But when I actually put myself down into Joseph's position and realized the pain that he must have felt through being rejected by his family and then sold by them, living hundreds of miles away from where his family was to end up then in prison for many years, And all these things go on, and it's not until way down the road that the dreams that he told his brothers about that ticked him off end up coming true. But God took all those things, he tells us, and used them for their good. God didn't mean them for harm for Joseph, but for good. And Joseph's dreams were about what would help others, and it helped his family save from starvation. Well, you take that and then you put it into a book and how that works. And that's exactly what Pastor Aaron Burke, who we have on the call today, tells us in his new book called Unfair Advantage, revealing seven secrets for capitalizing on life's hardships. And I want you to hear a quote from him that I'm going to read. While it's comforting to hear that all pain, all rejection and all struggle is actually helping us move towards our destiny, these words aren't necessarily true, Burke writes. Just because something bad happened to you doesn't mean it will position you to receive something good. It's available, but not automatic. There are things you need to do attitudes. You need to adopt resolve. You need to gain and effort. You have to put in for your walk into your destiny. This book will walk you through the strategy needed to turn what is negative into what's necessary for your destiny to come to pass. And so as I read this book. I just want to let you know, the words in the book were not wasted. They have so much depth in it. it. was like eating a tremendous meal, a beautiful banquet meal. And so today we have Pastor Aaron Burke, Pastor of Radiant Church of Tampa, Florida on the line. Pastor Burke, welcome in on by Bruce.
1: I am so uh, blessed to be able to be with you today. And thanks for uh, using your platform to uh, talk about this topic And I hope will help a lot of people. I'm excited about the book and excited about what God's going to do through it.
0: Boy, so am I, and I'm looking forward to hearing how this goes down the road. Pastor, what was it that motivated you or, or brought all this together for you to write this book?
1: You know, we're, a few years ago, right before actually uh, COVID and that whole scenario, I remember uh, being in a season of prayer and fasting with our staff at the church, and mm-hmm. uh, I was praying over one of the girls that's on our staff. She's like a spiritual daughter that God has just really transformed her life but her life has been filled with lots of pain, lots of really unfair scenarios. And as I was praying for her, it's early in the morning, we're all in this prayer room and I'm praying over her and I'm saying, hey, it's unfair. It's unfair what you went through. It's unfair what happened with your family. It's unfair the struggles that you've had to deal with. And then as I was saying that over her, I felt the Holy Spirit speak so clearly and just dropped this phrase in my my mind and it said, it's unfair but it's for her advantage. And I said it to her, I said, it's all been unfair, but it's for your advantage. And then it got me on this, this, this desire to go, what is it? That that? why does God use these negative things? And so I went on this journey through the life of Joseph and started writing it out and preached it as a sermon um, at a pastor's conference a month or two later, right before the whole world shut down to about 2000 pastors. And I preached the sermon, The Unfair Advantage. And I had multiple pastors walk up to me afterwards and said, that needs to be a book. People need to hear about that. So it's not something I promoted, I put on. It's just kind of the Lord made it happen. And it's been a God story ever since. And I think it's going to help a lot of people because we've all been through really tough seasons or going through tough seasons. And I just want to show people how God is going to use it for a greater purpose.
0: Now, you do a great job in the book of using some of your own examples. Tell us about some of the unfair advantages in your life that have led to all this.
1: You know, I'm good to my life. I tell you, it's funny. Um, I was telling this to my dad. And my dad is one of the great, I mean, he's such a, he's a salesman. He's owned multiple businesses. He can sell anything to anybody. And he said, he's like, Aaron, I love this idea. He goes, it reminds me of when I was a kid, my dad, his dad was a gambler and gambled away his college fund and gambled away. Many times he'd get home, they didn't have any money and uh, they didn't have any groceries. So my dad actually ended up starting to, had to go up the street, get some avocados and he'd take these avocados off these trees. And then he'd go to this, the, the street corner there in Miami and would sell them. And he's like, I, I'd sell them for a quarter a piece or five for a dollar. And he goes, and it was so wrong that as a kid I had to sell avocados to make money for yeah. groceries for our family because my mom didn't have any groceries. He goes, but I just didn't realize that God was using that to develop a skill in me that would provide for me years down the road. And he was able to be such a good provider. It was unfair what he went through, but it was for his advantage. And we've all seen that in life. We've all had those moments that that when we look backwards, we go, oh, God was using that terrible scenario for a greater purpose. And it's wrong and it's terrible. Life is so unfair. Life is so difficult at times. But but if we can learn how God will use it for a greater purpose, then it brings us so much hope. I always said it this way, that when it comes to your pain, God has two solutions. He either solves it or spins it. And and, and that's what he does all throughout the scripture. He either solves the pain, he brings the healing or the miracle, which we all hope in life and we want, Mm -hmm. but sometimes he doesn't solve it. Sometimes he spins it for a greater purpose. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, I give this story, it's its kind of a longer story in the book of, you know, I, I, I give my life to Christ and get so excited about ministry and what God was going to call me to do. And then then I actually got expelled from my Christian school. and And so I was so upset. I was like, this is terrible. I went through the high of life to the low of life at 17 years old. And I just didn't know at the time the Lord was using that pain to bring me to a greater purpose. So ended up my senior of high school, I did dual enrollment, which is basically you do college during your high school years. I got a year of college done before I graduated high school, which I would never would have done if I wasn't expelled. Yeah. Uh, And then I graduated in three years instead of four years. On the day of my graduation, I got an invite to be a full-time missionary in the country of Sri Lanka. And I remember being in Sri Lanka, seeing this and the Lord has used it in a crazy way, looking back to go, man, I never would be here if I didn't get expelled. And the Lord used that scenario because I leveraged it right, because I, I handled it right, he used it to bring me to the destiny that he has for my life.
0: Okay, so without exposing everything in the Bible, uh, yeah, if I'm listening to this, I'm gonna go, I'm going, okay, okay, help me out. Give me some guidance. Yeah. So what are just some tips that could, you know, okay. or some things that you could tell people that would draw them in to helping them understand how your book could help them?
1: Like, well, I go through seven different areas of your life that we pretty much all deal with. And I give you the key in every single one of those seasons. So the first season is, you know, a season where he dreams, but nobody else believes in the dream. What do you do in that? What do you do when 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 you're the only one that kind of believes in yourself at that moment? And the issue is, and this is what I love how you quote gave that quote from the beginning. I said, it's available, but it's not automatic. We think, okay, God's going to turn around for the good. So I don't need to do anything. No, actually you do. There's strategic things that we have to do. One of the key ones I talk about later in the book is your attitude during difficult seasons. Your attitude really affects how you leverage the season you're in. Because we all know know people that have gone through terrible scenarios and come Mm -hmm. out of those scenarios broken, messed up, worse than they were before. Why? Because they didn't have the right attitude through it. You yeah. also know people that go through the worst seasons with the right attitude, and you can see it all turn around. So there's tricks like that that I give all throughout the book, seven of them, that just show you, like, listen, how you respond to difficult seasons really matter. And that's kind of the, the big takeaway from the book is it's not, it's not just what do we do when we go through difficult seasons. We all go through difficult seasons. We all trust God during them. But how do you act during them? and that's what we have to learn.
0: And so one one of the areas maybe you can give the example of your friend who was the I think he was the principal at the school. Yeah. When covid came along?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a great example. Yeah, no, he was this was before covid. He was uh, one of the youth pastors with me and we were both like working on stuff at this church and he got his pay cut and I remember sitting there thinking, okay, if I'm him, I'm quitting. I'm done. Like I'm yeah. I'm out of this thing. And I remember sitting down talking to him, and I go, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to do the same thing I did before. I wasn't in it for money. I'm not going to leave because of money. I'm in it because God called me to do it. And I remember God, like, seeing that kind of faith in him. He worked just as hard. He didn't let the financial setback do it. And I think God rewarded it. He ended up getting his pay restored about nine months or a year later. Um, God restored it. He got paid more than he ever did before. He able to actually learn some skills during that time that he never thought he would have been able to learn. And then he ended up launching a ministry that has now seen hundreds of thousands of decisions for Christ. And I looked at it and go, you know what? His response to the pain in that season, God was looking at it. God was watching that. And we got to remember we're stewards of everything that's been given in our life, including the pain that we go through, we're stewards of it. So how we respond to it really, really matters. And I've seen it even with people that go through devastating divorce or betrayal. Mm -hmm. You know, there's was a lady in our church and she went through a devastating betrayal. And I actually give us a story of the book too, of a friend of mine and his wife walks out on him. It was devastating. She didn't just leave him, she left the whole family. And I remember I remember in that moment telling him, how you respond in this moment really matters. How you react to it really matters. How are you going to talk about her? How are you going to deal with the unforgiveness in your heart? How are you going to get better instead of getting bitter? And I'm telling you, God redeemed that situation. Two or three years later, I was able to be the best man in that guy's wedding. God brought him an amazing spouse, used him in an incredible way in ministry, and he's still one of my closest friends today. And I wow. realized going, wow, it was so painful, but God used it for the good. And if we can just trust God in those hard seasons and then make the right response, man, we'll see our life go from where we're at to where God wants it to be.
0: So, Aaron, one thing that's just going through my head, I don't even know why, but it's it's going, okay, is there something you'd want to make sure people understand there's a differentiation between things we can create as problems versus something that's a real,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is we've got to trust God with the big and the small issues in our life. So some of them are going, here's the thing, let me just say it this way. Yeah. I don't think you need to create problems to give you purpose in your life. So let's, let's go, I'm talking about those big, massive, unexpected things in your life that happen. Okay. That you look back on and you go, oh man, I thought this was so out of control, but God was actually doing something behind the scenes. I've said it this way. We live life forwards, but we understand it backwards. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a big deal because there were times that I drove a little too fast and I got a speeding ticket and that was painful. But let me tell you, I don't think that was one of those scenarios where God was like, "All right, Aaron, how are you going to handle this? Let's use it for the good." <laughs> Talk about those major life interruptions that happen, mm-hmm. and even mistakes. I look back, I gave that story of you know I got expelled from high school, and I wasn't innocent in that scenario. Even the story of Joseph, it's very unique because there was some scenarios where I'm going, Joseph, you brought this on yourself a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. your brothers hated you, and you kept boasting about your dreams. Um, You know I mean? Like, no wonder they tried to kill you. Um, Yeah. I'm writing messages off this thing, and I was thinking about Potiphar's wife. You remember the story where the wife comes on to Joseph? Yeah. But if you read it slowly, you realize it wasn't a one-time instance. This lady continually went over and over and over and over. And I'm like, why did Joseph keep getting around her? You know, it's yeah. like, like, Joseph, did you not learn for the first time? Like, this lady's got ulterior motives in this deal. So none of us are innocent in this. And I think want to bring, especially your, your listeners, a little bit of hope. Some yeah. of you are in the middle of a lot of pain that you've caused yourself. And you go, well, that's not redeemable. I think it's redeemable with God. You might have gotten yourself into this mess, but with God's help, I think you can get out of it and God can redeem it. And that's good news of the gospel, that we're the issue and God can bring the solution through our life.
0: I like that because you have in uh, one of the chapters where it says, if we are still living, God is still dreaming through you. If you have a pulse, God still has a plan.
1: Yes, I love that. I love that. And and you know what? Because most people think of dreaming and they think of, you know, the future and they go, oh, that's great for a 26-year-old. Right. But no, no, I think if, if if you're not dead, God's not done. You know what's amazing about Joseph's life is got yeah. the dream at 17, he didn't even get into the palace till he was 30. You got to think he didn't he didn't have the encounter that we have with his brothers. They estimate he was probably in his early 40s by the time his brothers came. Cuz you got to think there were 7 years of blessing and Of harvest and then seven years of famine. So he's 37 before 38 before the famine even starts. Well, then you got years after that before the brothers come. And then you got a bunch of interactions with that. He's in his 40s before he's actually even in that moment like that. And then he ruled until he was 110. Don't tell me that God can't use your life over 40 years old. God's just started with you. There's new dreams and new plans. I think that the Bible is very clear. It says, young men will dream, dream, and old men will have visions. I'm like, you know what that is? That's a, that's a scenario saying both generations, both groups, the young and the old, are going to get fresh ideas from God. There's still dreams that God has for people that are listening right now that are in their 70s. But strategic waves of discipling and, and speaking life into people and ministries and nonprofits that want to get started. There's so much that God wants to do through your life, so keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. We've actually got a guy at church that he's
0: 85, and I'm telling you what he does and the things that he does just are amazing. Yeah, he's just this real humble guy kind of floating along and (laughs) having a powerful impact because he, he believes God's working through him.
1: Yes, and he is. God is working through him because God's no respecter of persons either age.
0: Yes. So, as you go through the book and finish up, anything you'd add to help people? kind of keep pushing forward and and feel the encouragement? Or do you have other things that they can yeah look at or listen to or think about?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, you know, the book is hopefully helpful because it's going to outline multiple different seasons in people's lives. One of the keys I talk about is how to steward the season God's got you in. Mm-hmm. And I, there's people listening to this right now and you just feel like, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting a lot. There seems to be no purpose in it. And one of the key takeaways, and I don't want to give away the book, but uh, yeah. it was one of my favorite finds in the book. That was the season that Joseph was in prison. So there's a lot of uh, debate on how long he was in prison. Did he go to prison early on in Egypt? Was he in Egypt for a while, and and then prison the last few years? But pretty much the consensus is is you got to think he's 17 years old. He gets betrayed, sent away. Um, he's probably around 20 by the time he gets into prison. So, there's a good argument for the fact that it's about ten years he's in the dark of prison. And what do we do? What do we do when we're in seasons where we feel like we're forgotten, we feel like the dream's dead, we feel like, man, there's just no hope. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to encourage people. there's always purpose in the prison. There's always purpose. What, one of the the finds that I was talking about that I've realized is that we think of prisons like some kind of hole in the ground that The prison system really didn't exist the way we think of it back 3,000 plus years ago when this story was talked about. Uh Actually, a lot of ancient cultures didn't even have prison system. You, you, You did something wrong, we're just gonna kill you or send you away. But in the Egyptian prison system, they actually educated their prisoners. There was a whole education system. You got a whole degree in the middle of that prison. And I thought about that thing going, how remarkable. God's ultimate plan for Joseph was to be second in command over Egypt, but he wasn't from Egypt. He was from hundreds of miles away. So how would he learn Egyptian culture? How would he learn language? How would he learn customs? Well, God put him in a season where he had to get developed. How would he get developed? He got developed in the prison and that was their development system. So even in your darkest seasons, God is developing you. So I I tell people, I go, listen, if the dream God's giving you is not in its mature state, it's probably because you aren't either. So (laughs) let God develop you. Let him work it inside of you. And watch how you'll look back and go, oh, the tools I need now to succeed I got during those dark seasons. God, (laughs) nothing's wasted with God. So embrace those prison dark seasons. You're not forgotten. You're being developed.
0: I appreciate that, uh, your whole story with that, because I had never heard that about them having the school in there. I thought, man, what a perfect way to mold somebody to be ready to become an Egyptian.
1: (laughs) Yep, absolutely. And, And it was all strategic. It was the relationships. I think it's so crazy. Even during your dark times, There's relationships God's connecting you with that you don't even think you're just going, oh man, it stinks, I'm away from my family right now. But you have no clue how God's putting even some relationships in your life that you're gonna need in the future. Exactly. Being strategic with God.
0: One more area out of the book that I just wanted to ask you about was that I think you made a point of how important it is today because it's so hard and I think it's true and that's on integrity.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a huge lesson that I think needs to be taught today is God is looking for people who will become people of integrity. It's not just the big things. It's the small things in life. And I think it was, it's the small areas of integrity that really do matter, um, that prepare us for the big seasons of integrity. You know, it's, it's crazy how Pharaoh trusted Joseph mm-hmm. with the whole kingdom. And everybody wants that. They go, oh, yeah, I want trust. I want influence. I want, I want more. Well, are you being faithful with God's giving you now? That even that idea to Pharaoh, I believe, came from God. And why did God promote Joseph? You know why he promoted him? Because even when nobody saw him, Joseph was faithful, and Joseph was a man of integrity. Yeah. He could have slept with Potiphar's wife, had a great time, enjoyed it, and probably, you know what, maybe even got promoted and had special favors that he could have got as an employee because he had the inside connection with the relationship there. It could have all been weird but he chose integrity and honoring God. Yep. Same thing in your life. Make the tough decision right now. You know, if you'll make the tough decisions that nobody wants to make, you'll get the blessings that everybody really wants.
0: And yeah. so do it
1: in protecting your purity, the way you handle money, the way you talk about people behind their back, be a person of integrity. Yeah. I, I, we live in a world that's so focused on reputation.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The, the phrase I use, I think it's a D.L. Moody quote, is listen if i'll work on my character my reputation will take care of itself mm-hmm. and that's We're what we so need, true. We need women of in character and integrity today yeah and
0: i, I think we've been taught to uh, go for the quick thing rather than yep. the long term
1: yep 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 yeah give up what we give up what we want most for what we want now and yeah I, I give it in the book about i just have a feeling that that joseph in that season of intense temptation He remembered Uncle Esau. Y'all remember Esau? (laughs) Yeah. Esau was the one that gave up his birthright for a bowl (laughs) of food because he was just hungry at the moment. And he probably thought, oh, I I don't want to be an Esau. I don't want to be a guy that gives up so much for a little bit of satisfaction. Yep. And that is a good lesson for us all.
0: Yeah. I was thinking, like, of Jesus with the devil in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Turns it all down for the uh, pain of the cross, but the ultimate redemption of us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything good happens after a season of going, I'm going to endure the pain now instead of getting the pleasure that I want yeah. so that I can get the good that God really has for me.
0: What's uh, next for you with helping the book roll out and, yeah. and more people yeah. hearing about it?
1: Yeah, so the book is everywhere. Books are sold August 8th. It'll be everywhere. And uh, you can, uh, com is our my website. that has got a bunch of information about it. Uh, there's YouVersion Bible app, little devotionals, and I'm going to do a series on it when the book comes out and people are listening to this even in the future. They can go to the We Are Radiant, which is our website for a Radiant Church. I'm okay. doing a series, and it's four messages that have nothing to do. They're the story of Joseph without talking about anything that's in the book. So that'll be okay. cool for people, too. So they want to go, I want to, I want want. I want even more content. Well, jump on, check out these sermons. I'm going to be preaching. That'll help you. And we want to be a resource for you. I have a leadership podcast that people can jump on too, that just helps people go to the next level. But love to get connected with anybody on social media. Check us out. We're on Instagram and threads and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. You know, I don't, I can't even keep track of all of them, but. <laughs> um, because I know you're not going to
0: stop dreaming. Yes. What's next?
1: Can you, can you tell us? well i you know what i i want to make an impact for the kingdom of god i've got five little kids at home i want to see them raised up as disciples of jesus and uh-huh. got a couple other books that i'm dreaming of in my heart and i'm excited about our church we're we're under three different building projects right now we have nine campuses all over the tampa bay area so i'm so excited i'm living the dream you know when you follow god it doesn't mean it's easy it's hard But it's so worth it and so fulfilling just to just to say, God, whatever you want to do through my life. So it's really not about what's next for me. It's about whatever God wants next. I've I've already said yes.
0: Okay, Good. That is a great answer. I love that
1: Uh
0: Aaron. This is fabulous talking with you. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your, your work that you've put into this book and, and how meaningful I know it's going to be to so many people's lives. Anything else you want to say to people before we go?
1: Uh, Just so honored to be with you, Bruce, and thanks for listening, everybody, and love for you all to get the book, and then let me know how it helps you. So leave a review or share it with somebody. It really will help get the word out, and I want it to be a blessing to uh, people that read it.
0: Excellent. Well, that's Pastor Aaron Burr of Radiant Church. His book, The Unfair Advantage,
1: coming out August 8th.
0: We'll have everything on our website on how you can get a hold of them. So again, Pastor Burr,
1: thank you so much. God bless, and And looking forward to many more things in the future. Thank you so much.